Hello and welcome to The Coworking Club, a podcast for female business owners who want to work for themselves, not by themselves. I'm your host Jessica Berry and each week I'll be chatting to a new guest all about the realities of running your own business, sharing tips and tricks for dealing with the loneliness and isolation that comes with working from home, as well as discussing the benefits of building community through co-working. So what are you waiting for? Come and join the club. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of The Coworking Club. I'm so happy to have you joining me today and I am sharing a very exciting and hopefully very interesting guest interview with you. I'm so, so happy to be welcoming business and marketing coach Alice Benham to the podcast today to chat all about redefining success within your business. Despite reaching several of what many of us would consider to be shiny milestones over the past couple of years, such as recently hitting 10,000 followers on Instagram, launching her very own product line, and having multiple successful launches, Alice has always made sure to acknowledge the bigger picture within her work. So in terms of the challenges, the sacrifice and the failures that have gone into each and every one of these achievements. Alice's open and honest approach to running a business regularly inspires me to be more transparent within my own business. And I hope that this conversation does the same for you. In the episode, I chat to Alice all about how her markers of success have changed and developed over the past few years as she has continued to build a business that prioritises impact and has sustainability at its core. Her top tips on how to really put Instagram in its place and use it as a tool as opposed to an indicator of success as well as how we can all work together to change the narrative when it comes to defining success within business and start to move away from the glamorization of 10,000 Instagram followers and six-figure launches. It was honestly such a pleasure to chat to Alice. She is a fountain of wisdom on this topic and I honestly feel as though we could have talked about it all day long, but Who knows, maybe there'll be a part two at some point because I do feel as though we only just began to scratch the surface. But I really hope that you find it an interesting one to listen to and yeah, here is the conversation. Hi Alice, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Stuff like this is always such a treat, especially not to break the fourth wall, but on a Monday afternoon, I feel like this is the best thing to pretend is work, just sitting and having a chat. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always nice when you get to be on the other side of a podcast, isn't it? When you actually host one. (laughs) Yes. And I think you can appreciate the job of a host so much more. Like I fully appreciate all of the prep and the work that you fit into it. And I get to sit and enjoy, yeah, having a bit of a laid back chat. And this is actually sandwiched by two recordings for my podcast. So this is a nice one in the middle where I don't have to keep the conversation moving, which I'm not the best at anyway. So it's good to be here. Well, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your career history so far and the background behind your business? Absolutely. Career history always sounds so shiny because I feel (laughs) like I've not had any form of a career. But um, yeah, absolutely. So for people that aren't familiar, my name's Alice Benham. My 
my business is all about helping business owners with their business and marketing strategy. I realized I just said the word business three times, so (laughs) very catchy. And I started in the world of business at 17. So I left school early for a freelance role in social media management. I did that for about a year, burnt out pretty dramatically, and then stepped back into business as a digital marketing coach. So that was about three, almost four years ago now, and it's kind of pivoted and developed over the years. And yeah, now my work is uh, lots of one-to-one work, hosting retreats, group programs, courses, a couple of podcasts. So yeah, there's lots going on, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Keeps me busy. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a lot. And do you think the reason for you burning out was because you were maybe like new to business or do you think it was specifically the work that you were doing in the industry that you're in? I mean, I think any industry has the capacity to have you working in an unsustainable way. I think social media management, I noticed that I've got quite a few clients who are in it now. Like it is quite, I think, a tough business to run Uh, you know it's a hard business to scale because there's a lot of trading time for money you know it's a tough business to take any time off from because who's going to post whilst you're gone Uh, but I think it was mainly down to me just being a naive 17 year old I didn't know my limits I thought I was a superhero I was completely isolated I didn't know any other business owners which is why businesses like yours are so valuable because they give you that community so yeah I think it was a good combination of things and I think with most people with burnout I'm kind of glad I went through it because you learned some good lessons from that and then haven't burnt out since, touch wood. So (laughs) it's a positive experience in the end. Yeah, well, you definitely learned from it. I just thought I'd throw that one in there because it's interesting, Mm. especially for me, having worked in social media as well. I just wondered whether there was a connection there because like you said, it is really, really tough, um, a tough industry and just the amount of time that you have to spend online can just be really draining, can't it? Yeah. And I do think as well, it's a bit of a, it tells you something that a lot of people started out in social media management, or a lot of people have that as part of their story, but it's not something that they currently do, Mm -hmm. or at some point that ended. And obviously there's some incredible social media managers who it wasn't, you know, a kind of bounce point to something else. It is what they do and they love it. I think that's brilliant. But yeah, I do notice a lot of stories echo mine where (laughs) it's maybe part of it is what you love. Like I loved the storytelling. I loved the connection. I loved digital marketing, but I just didn't love the way that I was doing it. So I think, yeah, a lot of people probably had a similar experience to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So you've been able to take those elements, but transform it into a different way of working, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. Amazing. Well, we're going to dive straight on into the main topic of today's podcast episode, which I'm very excited to talk about. When I thought about this topic of redefining success as a business owner, I knew there was only one person that I could come to. (laughs) So yeah, I guess starting off, you have had what a lot of people would consider as, you know, a lot of the shiny milestones that you've hit this year with multiple successful launches, hitting 10k on Instagram very recently, launching a product range, Mm -hmm. getting your first podcast sponsor and lots, lots more, (laughs) I'm sure. But do you want to share why it is that you don't look at these milestones as indicators of success within your business? Absolutely. I mean, this is something I could talk about all day. So first of all, thanks for having me on to talk about this topic because it's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I think the way that I like to see milestones, you know, shiny things like that in business is that they can be indicators of success, but they're absolutely not measures 
of success. You know, when I think about why I run my business, well, I run my business for me and for other people. So my why for me is all about having freedom, having flexibility, feeling challenged, constantly learning, you know, pushing myself further than where I think I can. And then my why for others is about, you know, helping other people to build these impactful, sustainable, value-driven businesses no part of those whys is about having a certain amount of followers on Instagram or having a certain amount of revenue from a launch that I've had. Now, those might be the byproduct of me pursuing those whys and that purpose in my business, but they're absolutely not why I do it. And they're not, therefore, how I should be measuring the success that I have. Now, I say that with a total caveat that it is so easy to start using those things as measures of success because we live in a society and the online space particularly does glorify them and glamorize them. And I think we often lift those up higher than what we should actually be measuring success by. You know, I want to run a business that is impactful, that's value driven, that's sustainable, that, you know, does good in the world that allows me to feel fulfilled and feel free. If that also means having some of those shiny things like great, I'm really proud of them. I'm very grateful for them. But those aren't what I pursue so therefore they're not how I measure my success mm-hmm. you know however you measure your success is then going to become what you're pursuing so I think you want to be really careful of yeah actually why are you doing it and then how do you make sure your measures of success are lining up with that and kind of putting the blinkers on when all the noise around you might be slightly disagreeing with that which I've definitely come across yeah absolutely and how has your view of these kind of typical markers of success changed over the past few years as your business has grown and developed because I know you recently shared a post about hitting 10k on Instagram and you know how you don't see that as a marker of success anymore but how you kind of celebrated early on hitting a thousand like have you found that Mm. those kind of views and visions have changed? Yeah that's such an interesting question because Yeah, you're right. There's no way I started in business being like 10K launches aren't all they seem. Shiny measures of success don't matter because I guess I hadn't experienced them to realize, I guess, how little they actually meant in the grand scheme of things. So I think, yeah, in the early days of business, I mean, I was glorifying those measures of success all the time. I was seeing other people's follow account. I was looking at how much they were saying they were making in their launches. I was, you know, solely judging on these quite surface level or kind of top level stats and measures and I was thinking yeah that's where I want to be and what's interesting is that in the early days I used to think when I got those things oh my gosh once I've got 10,000 followers I'll never worry about the future of my business again once I've had a 10k launch I will never doubt my abilities to launch or to help people and I think slowly as I started to experience some of those more shiny things I understood that they didn't actually change anything about how I felt in my business, about the sustainability of my business. And I think it was until I started to experience the shiny stuff, I didn't really understand how little they meant. So it was definitely a journey over the last few years of going from, you know, I'm, oh gosh, I cannot wait for the day that I hit 10K. It's going to be the best thing ever to, you know, I actually couldn't massively care less like I'm really grateful that I get to use the swipe up and what that represents is great but the you know the shiny thing itself that the moment of hitting 10k I mean it was slightly underwhelming not to burst anyone's bubble that feels excited about reaching it (laughs) and I just know that yeah my past self yeah she just didn't she didn't get it until she experienced it so it's definitely been a journey 
Yeah, and I can imagine for people who do put a lot of emphasis on those milestones, experiencing that underwhelm maybe, you know, when the whole world doesn't change when these things happen, that could, you know, quite easily throw you off path. Like if all you were aiming for in your business was to reach, you know, 10k on Instagram, and once you've reached it, I guess you'd be asking what's next. Yes. Uh, Yeah, if there's anything I've learned with like my relationship with success, it's that every time I reach one milestone the goalpost just gets moved and I think that's the nature of business you know there's always more to do there's always the next level up and I think it's also part of my personality and probably a lot of people listening would resonate with this I think as business owners we're typically very ambitious and we're always looking at the next thing and the next thing and yeah it's very easy to tie isn't it like your future happiness or contentment with a milestone and a lot of the time you reach the milestone, it's a little bit underwhelming because no one, you know, no one gets the party poppers out. It doesn't actually change anything very physically. And then the marker gets moved to the next point and then you're kind of focused on that. And I think there's something in that where we got to make sure that we celebrate those moments. You know, let's celebrate what it represents. Absolutely. I'd be lying if I said that I haven't had a few moments over the last week of being like, oh, let's actually think, you know, 10,000 people, all of that content that's drawn them in, the impact that that's had, like, wow, I'm really proud of that. So I think you've got to take a step back before you always go to the next thing. But yeah, I think you've got to make sure you don't, I speak from experience, tie those kind of emotional feelings. You know, I'm not going to feel fearful. I'm not going to have imposter syndrome. I'm going to feel content. I'm going to feel happy with any of those markers of success because in my experience ever, actually come hand in hand and if you can find those things without those shiny things the shiny stuff kind of just gets to be a little bit of fun on top and you don't expect it to be anything more than that Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely I think that's a really interesting point about you know time feelings with these markers of success because equally they can become a rod to beat yourself can't they you know if you're not progressing towards that 10k on Instagram fast enough or you're not hitting that financial target that can have a detrimental feeling on how you are feeling within the business I suppose yeah and I know people that have the most impactful and sustainable and ethical and incredible you know all of all of the describing words they've got those businesses they're paying themselves salaries they're working with incredible people they haven't got 10,000 followers they have never had a you know you know how many thousand launch whatever the new thing is that you have to want in that area (laughs) and you know externally it maybe doesn't look like the shiniest business but internally it's everything that they want it to be and I think that for me is the danger that we run into is that we start to value the external you know the representation of our businesses over what they're actually like on the inside and I think that is a very quick recipe to a business that is a flash in the pan success and that is not going to be sustainable because if it's not rooted in a genuine you know impactful all of those things business at the core all of that shiny stuff isn't gonna sustain your business and yeah it can get you focused on the wrong things which is really sad to me if someone does have an incredible business but they don't feel proud of that because they you know they were 200 pounds off of a 10k month you know what I mean I'm like yeah it just doesn't actually mean a huge amount and I think that's where defining your own measures of success and knowing what that means for you is really important because that kind of just helps you put the blinkers on a bit when that noise is out there yes absolutely and we'll go into that in a little bit more detail later but you are always so open and honest and transparent about your journey and you share so many of the challenges and sacrifices that behind each of your successes as well 
what is it that makes you so passionate about opening up that conversation online and kind of sharing those realities? I guess it comes down to remembering what it was like to start my own business and to see the people that were where that I where I wanted to be or see the people that you know three or five years in and I remember how much you know sometimes it was that they inspired me but more often than not I found myself using their content to really get myself down you know I think well why did I not wake up with a business that looked like that why don't I have that many thousand followers or why can't I get those kind of opportunities and now that I'm maybe in more of that position with my business, which I'm so incredibly grateful for, I'm like, right, I don't want to be someone that creates that feeling for others, whether it's for other people that are at the start of their businesses, whether they're at the same point as me, like even now, I still find myself looking at other people's content and comparing myself to it and kind of beating myself up because of the assumptions I make off the back of it that, you know, they got there overnight and blah, blah, blah. So I think for me, it's about, sharing absolutely the the shiny stuff the success I want to show people what's possible I want to celebrate what we can do and build ourselves but I think it's really important to me that that's partnered with a lot of truth around how long it's taken to get there like you said sacrifices that have happened in the process you know the failure that it's taken that it didn't always go right the first time the kind of circumstance and privilege that's played a role which you can't always replicate but I think is still important to acknowledge so yeah I think very long answer short it comes down to thinking back to what I would have wanted um and what I I mean it's what I would hope to see more of in the space that I'm in and it's the whole you know be the change you want to see I can shower other people all day about not being transparent or I can just run my business in a transparent way and hope that it shows people that actually yeah being honest about what it takes to get the shiny stuff I think has people respect it more rather than less and me giving off the perception that success is an easy overnight, you know, one plus two equals three thing. I don't think in the long run that benefits anyone. So yeah, I guess it's a, a bit of a given really. I couldn't imagine doing it another way. I think I'd feel so icky not constantly talking about the honest stuff as well. Yeah. Do you think it's played a big role in the growth of your business as well, that people can see that honesty and, and can see themselves relating to the business that you've grown? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to like know for sure, but I'd imagine so. I was actually chatting to my parents about it the other day. We were talking about, you know, just being honest online and, and why I feel it's important to be honest. And my mum kind of said, she was like, it's kind of like, you should give that as a tip, like a really easy way to stand out online. Like, just be really honest. And I was like, honestly, mum, yeah. Because it like, it is one of the things people often say, maybe if they're, I don't know, um, like recommending me to someone for something or someone might get in touch for an opportunity and they'll often pick up on like, oh, you're really honest about money or you're really honest about the struggles. And part of me is like, yeah, like, should aren't we all? Like, isn't that just the, the way that we should be? doing this and I think the extent to which you're honest and transparent is obviously down to what you feel comfortable sharing I don't think everyone has to you know share all their numbers or whatever it might be but yeah it's just a bit of a given to me but it probably has helped the business over the years I think more less now but definitely a few years ago it was very abnormal in the kind of small business space to be having those quite honest conversations so yeah I don't do it for that reason but it's a nice added bonus why not (laughs) yeah 
did you ever feel vulnerable when you were opening up about those deeper things I guess in terms of like the failures like I know in a launch last year you shared that you decided to end it early just you know to Mm. for your own well-being sake and as you said you're very honest about the money side of things as well yeah did it ever feel vulnerable opening up about these kind of inner workings of your business I suppose yeah it does and I think if anything it you know, as time goes on, I get more and more clear that I only want to show up online if it is in an honest and transparent and helpful and kind to other people way. But also as time goes on, I get more scared to do that because it feels as I'm, you know, as the audience grows, as there's kind of, you know, more to lose in a sense as the business grows. Yeah, I think I do get a little bit more nervous about doing it. I do worry like oh you know is this actually going to be the failure of the business because suddenly people aren't gonna it's not that they'll relate to it and resonate with it but they'll be like oh well she's weak or she's a bad coach because she went through that challenge or she's whatever it might be and that's just something I have to keep walking myself through you know remember that as despite the fact that my business is to help other people with their businesses actually what makes me good at what I do or part of what makes me good at what I do is that I go through my own challenges and struggles and yeah, I think sharing that normalizes that and obviously hopefully helps people that are in a similar place. But yeah, I think I found it a lot easier. I mean, I remember a few years ago, the kind of first ever post that I did that was being this bit more honest was kind of, um, I don't know, I think it was a podcast episode where I spoke about not having any clients and wanting to give up. And I was about a year into the digital marketing coaching work and I just did not know how to get it off the ground. And I remember that it, it kind of felt like a no brainer to share. Cause I was like, well, I haven't really got any, no one listens to the podcast anyway. Don't really have any followers. And then that was the episode that like not blew the podcast up. But I mean, at the time it had like three downloads a week. So it, it felt like it blew it up in terms of how much it kind of got that traction for it. So yeah, I think I found it earlier, found it easier, sorry, in the early days. Mm-hmm. But although it feels harder and scarier now, it's it's even more of a non-negotiable so I just know I kind of have to like rip the band-aid off and take a sharp intake of breath just before I press post and then (laughs) get on with it yeah and then run away (laughs) yes well it's always the like 10 minutes just initially of like has anyone started trolling me am I suddenly being bombarded with hate messages and thankfully touch wood everyone so far seems to respond in a very generous way so yeah we're doing all right I think (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It can be scary in the lead up, can't it? But as soon as you get those kind of start to get those positive responses and people sharing similar experiences, I guess that, you know, that's the whole reason why you do it to get that conversation started and for other people to feel comfortable sharing their experiences and their stories as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it worth it. I think just remind myself of that. And I just think of old Alice, like she would have needed and benefited from this message and if it helps one person like one person saying really appreciate this you know that gave me some comfort that reminded me that I'm not alone that encouraged me I'm like okay it's worth it Mm -hmm. for that one person and I won't lie not everyone loves it I haven't always had positive responses to it but it's you know the, the good is vastly outweighed by the bad and I think that's also the reality of putting any message out online is you've kind of got to accept people are going to take it how they want to take it but yeah it's very worth it and to anyone listening that ever sends those kind words thank you because (laughs) that's what keeps me going yeah I can imagine there is that fear as you start to grow and and build traction in that sense that maybe not everyone might be on the same page as you and might not be aligned with your values and vision and might 
you know, have a completely different opinion to what it is that you're sharing. So I guess there is that, Mm. that fear in the back of your head. Yeah, that is a definite fear. And the weird kind of idea that, okay, now the business you know, is growing, but now there feels like there's more of an audience like, oh, I should, you know, things should be more polished. I should present something more professional. I should look more put together, whatever it might be. And yeah, so I I don't quite know where that comes from. I guess that's just what we maybe see modeled around us. And that's what society tells us, you know, success equals you've got to look and act this certain way. But yeah, I think that's where just being clear on my values and what's important to me. And I guess ultimately, if I if I ever go to do those things, my gut instinct kind of stops me at some point in the process and goes, no, no, back to the honest stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is why we're here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it kind of links into what you mentioned in terms of when you're a coach or a mentor or an educator of some sort, I guess you feel that pressure to maybe have all the answers and know all the Mm. stuff but like you said being you know open about your struggles and the challenges that you face you know it only is going to resonate with other people and just show that you're a human (laughs) like we we can't all be perfect at what we do and you know never have any of those struggles yeah we're not machines and I'm sure there are some people out there that don't want a coach or don't want to you know take part in a group program from someone who shares those things very openly and that's okay it just means they're not my people and I'm not their coach and I'm not their you know group program leader Mm -hmm. I think it's knowing that when you put your kind of honest self out there and you trust your gut with what you think your people will want to hear from you you're going to bring in the people that are a right fit and the people that don't like that that's okay they'll they'll find themselves someone that does feel like a better fit for them so yeah but I think that's something that you kind of always go through don't you when your job is helping other people with their businesses it's a whole identity crisis when you've got something going wrong with yours but yeah I think it makes you makes you human Mm -hmm. and yeah I know that every time I've gone through a challenge in my business I'm then way better at helping other people who have been through that challenge because I've got lived experience of it and I can you know, empathize in, in such a better way. So yeah, I guess vulnerability is a bit of a superpower. You just got to lean into it and it it never feels that way in the moment, does it? No, exactly. But it's so, so worth it. Like for me, my biggest experience with it was, you know, in the first six months of working for myself and being self-employed, I very much put on the pretense that I was loving it and you know I was living the dream Mm -hmm. and going to coffee shops and whatnot because that's the picture of working from home that I'd seen online like the more glamorized version I suppose and I felt like I had to live up to that and also you know I didn't want to complain or moan because I was in quite a privileged position I'm sure there's lots of people who would like to work for themselves and and work from home so I didn't feel like I could necessarily put that message out there Mm. but you know, one day I just decided, you know, if I carry on like this, I'm not, I'm probably going to end up quitting and going back into employment because I'm just not enjoying it. So by just putting that message out there and saying, you know, working from home isn't all coffee shops and pretty co-working spaces like it is tough. And, you know, there's a lot of struggles there. And it just seemed to, you know, that was like the click moment where it was like, okay, well, that's going to attract other people who also struggle with that and find working Mm. from home tough. We can come together you know, we can help each other. And that's exactly what the co-working club, you know, spouted from that honesty and that openness yeah. to, you know, say not everything's perfect. 
Mm, and actually saying everything is perfect it just doesn't help anyone because if you think you know people at the who haven't yet started a business okay that gives them unrealistic expectations of what it's going to be like then for people who are running a business when they look at their reality and don't see perfection they think they're doing it wrong or beat themselves up for it you think actually a bit of honesty just helps everyone in the process and there's of course a way to be honest that isn't just you know oh my gosh I'm feeling all these things like Instagram is not therapy I think there's a difference between (laughs) here's all my feelings and let me share in an honest and transparent way um, and in a way that's helpful but yeah I mean it's a it's a no-brainer when you really think about it and I mean look at what's come of it for you if that's not a sign Mm -hmm. that it's it's always worth doing. And the amount of people that the co-working club will have then supported off the back of your honesty and your vulnerability, it just creates a space where then those conversations are allowed to be had. Like one person pretending everything's perfect, I think just has a ripple effect. And then we all begin to just pretend that everything's great. And you know, who Mm -hmm. does that? Who does that help really? It feels good in the moment, but it doesn't even feel good in the moment because you know no. in the back of your head, I'm lying. It's not this good. It's like when you're in the beginning stages of business and your friend's like, how's it going? And you're like, yeah, yeah, really good. And then you had, you're like, haven't got any clients. It's going really badly. I've got no clue what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> it never feels good to tell people when things are hard, but it's always worth it. Obviously, the right people is important. So we've spoken a little bit about Instagram and social media, but what part do you think it plays in perpetuating overnight success and Mm -hmm. the kind of glamorization of these financial milestones as well. I know you recently did a podcast episode which was Mm. all about using Instagram as a tool rather than a marker of success which was really useful Mm. so I wondered whether you could share some of your tips I guess for viewing it in that way. No of course well first of all thanks for tuning into the podcast that's always nice to hear. Of course. Um, Yeah I mean it's so easy isn't it for social media to kind of you know, for us to inflate the role that it gets to play in our businesses. And I think our relationship with social media is, we're kind of set up for failure, if I'm honest about it. Like if you've ever, don't know if anyone's watched, um, what's it called? The Netflix show that makes you hate your phone. Oh yeah, yeah. We all know the one. We do. (laughs) You know the one in your head. Link it in the show notes if people are curious. (laughs) You know, they're, they're built social media apps to get you addicted and to get you to build this unhealthy relationship with it because it keeps you wanting and using it which is the business model that they have so I think we've got to acknowledge like we're not set up to have a healthy and successful relationship with social media from the off and I say that so that we're then intentional about how we do build that healthy relationship with it and so we don't beat ourselves up when we do slip into those bad and unhealthy habits it will look different for everyone but something I see a lot is that we begin to see the way our business is portrayed online as the worth and success of our businesses as a whole you know how shiny my Instagram content looks how much engagement my recent reel got my follower number you know we we begin to equate all of that with our worth with our identity with our success and I mean that is a dangerous game to be playing because as we talked about at the start you know what you focus on is then what you begin to you know your action is then created to get more of that And we all know, you know, you can have all the social stats in the world doesn't mean you've got an impactful, profitable, sustainable business. 
So I think what's important is that we use Instagram and social media as a tool, but we don't let it become that measure of success. And I think that's an ongoing thing we've got to do. I slip into that bad habit all of the time. I think we've always got to kind of check back in and be like, right, like, am I using it as a tool? And if not, how do I get myself back to a place where I am? So the first thing I'd encourage people to do is to know what the stats on social media are telling you, but also know what they aren't telling you. I think what's difficult is when we see indicators of success, like engagement rate, follower number, content, whatever, and we just go, right, that equals my success. And that's just not it. Like, it's not about ignoring those stats. They're still valuable. But what they're measures of isn't the whole success of your business. Okay, maybe it's a measure of how much your content is resonating. Maybe it's a measure of how effective your marketing strategy is. Maybe it's a measure of how consistent you've been able to be with your content in the last few weeks or months. I think putting stats in their place is kind of the first step because then when you're in the moment and you go, oh, you know, that reel didn't get the likes I wanted it to, therefore I'm an awful business owner. You can kind of go, no, no, let's walk ourselves through it. What does that stat mean? Okay, that's not as dramatic or as extreme as I was already thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'd say the other thing with kind of my marketing strategy head on is to not have all of your eggs in one basket. See it a lot of the time, people have these very unhealthy relationships with Instagram and it's not helped by the fact that that's the only platform their business exists on. Now, understandably, if Instagram is where your whole business is built and sustained, I mean, I'd be pretty freaked out and emotional if my engagement dropped or if the algorithm changed. I don't think we ever get rid of that slightly emotional relationship. But if you've got a backup of your audience as podcast listeners, as an email list, as a Facebook group, as YouTube subscribers, whatever it might be, kind of just gives you that little bit more diversity of reach and of marketing and therefore a slightly more sustainable online presence. And then when things do dip, it's not an existential crisis. It's just, okay, yeah, what are we going to do about that? You're not necessarily worrying that your whole business is going to go as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think put stats in their place, look at other platforms that you can be using and ultimately just check back in as much as you can. It is an ongoing relationship. No one is just good with social media all the time. We all have to kind of work on it and yeah, see where we're at. And you're not alone if you have a really unhealthy relationship with it. We're not helped to have a good one. Um, and I think a lot of us, yeah, do struggle with that. Again, probably not something we talk openly about enough Mm -hmm. is that relationship with social media yeah I think it's dangerous because it's so tied up not only in how we think our business is doing but also like our self-worth so if like a post bombs or take that as a personal kind of insult and you know it can affect your mood for the rest of the day because like a post hasn't performed as you would want it to and obviously that's quite a dangerous cycle to get into to let an app which is designed to do these things you know have control of your emotions so yeah it's tricky (laughs) absolutely I mean that's a that's just putting yourself on a roller coaster isn't it being like right because when you know when the stats go great I think we don't often notice we've got an unhealthy relationship with social media until things don't go well Mm because when things go well it's all right for us to have that relationship with it because we feel great as a result but yeah like you said if a real doesn't do well if something doesn't perform in the way that we wanted it to if we lose a certain amount of followers in a week that we deem to be bad yeah we take that as a real personal hit and I think just circling back to what we said before it then gets you focusing on the wrong things you know it is to me a a real danger of the kind of way that we show up online is that we do start to build these businesses where 
it, we're caring more about the external over the internal. And I'd always say to people like build a great business internally, make sure everything that people don't see unless they're a client or student or customer um, is 10 out of 10 and then use your marketing to reflect that because then when your marketing doesn't go down well as you wanted it to then when Instagram does change its algorithm and you get half the reach you can still come back to your actual measures of success and go no okay I am still impacting people I still have really strong business foundations I still have these you know strategic goals that I know are aligned for me I think it's just refocusing and not seeing you know Instagram doesn't equal business Instagram is a tool in your business Mm -hmm. and that is something I'm always having to remind myself of because it's easy to see them as the same thing which they're absolutely not yeah absolutely and there's been quite a bit of talk recently about where you seek your validation from and I guess Instagram is a really quite easy way to seek validation in some respects in terms of you can Mm. throw up a post and you start to get those likes in and you know that is that sense of that dopamine hit I suppose whereas other platforms you don't have that kind of necessarily as direct validation I suppose yeah absolutely. I mean it's a bit like a drug isn't it when you see that little <laughs> red heart in the top right of your phone and you know that you've got a dm like it is you know I'm just sat here now I haven't checked my phone in what 35 minutes what if there's a dm what if my recent reel went down well you know it is I think just part of using those apps as we do slightly get into that mm-hmm. headspace but yeah I think you just gotta check yourself because yeah I don't think it makes I mean running a business is crazy enough and it's emotional enough without us tying our success with our Instagram engagement you know I know sometimes you think whether it is a blessing or is it a curse Mm -hmm. yeah I do wonder in like five ten years time maybe we'll look back and think do you remember when we just fully relied on Instagram and it was like our businesses were Instagram it will be Mm -hmm. interesting to see but I think there's nothing wrong with utilizing the benefits it can give you yeah. But just be careful of it not having that unhealthy impact as well. I don't think it's as extreme of like, well, just don't use Instagram because at the end of the day, our businesses wouldn't be where they are now with that incredible app. Yeah. But use it in a sustainable and healthy way, which is not a one-time activity, sadly. You don't go to like Instagram therapy and then you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a constant thing. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're kind of aware of it, I guess you can start to shape yeah. how you use it. And like you said, using it as a tool above and beyond anything else. Yeah, no, that's totally it. Amazing. So we now know what your measures of success aren't, but do you want to chat us through what are your measures of success in business and how did you kind of work out what they were, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, they've definitely evolved over the years. I'm a big believer that we learn best through action. And I don't think, I don't know anyone that stepped into business with very clear, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't clear on anything when I started my business, let alone my measures of success. And I think we also should allow them to evolve over time because as our lives shift, you know, maybe the life stage that you're in, maybe whether you're in lockdown or not, you know, all of that's going to have a an impact on what you want from your life and therefore what your measures of success are. I would say for my business at the moment, I quite like splitting it, like I said before, with what are my measures of success for me? And then what are my measures of success that are focused on other people? I think it's easy to, depending on kind of where your head naturally goes to, to just focus on one of those two. And the risk that we run in doing that is we either build businesses that are all about serving and helping others. And then we realize that we're burning out, unfulfilled, not actually enjoying it ourselves, which is 
first of all, why are we running a business if it's not helping us feel good? And second of all, when you feel good, you bring your best to others. So it's all interlinked. But I think the opposite way around, you know, if you're just considering what your business is going to do for you, I mean, at least to me, that just feels like quite a short-sighted way of building I guess not even short-sighted I just think why not think about how you can support others as well especially because you know like any kind of business relies on the impact that it has and the value that it brings you know if you're running a business that doesn't actually bring any value to anyone but it does all the things that you want it to do for you I think you're going to struggle to get you know clients customers students that rave about what you do that speak about it to other people that build that kind of brand relationship up so I'd say my measures of success for me are around feeling challenged every single day that's always been mine from day one of like I just want to always feel like I'm constantly learning constantly making mistakes always kind of waking up the next day feeling you know I guess a a better version of myself than I did the day before that sounds very cringe but I'm a bit (laughs) of a personal development junkie um and I think always yeah just feeling like I'm always kind of pushing myself further than I maybe thought I could have. I'm very obsessed with kind of just competing with myself and kind of getting a step further than I thought I could have or a step further than I did before. And then I'd say my other personal whys around like freedom and flexibility. Those aren't things that I've massively done in the last couple of years, first of all, because lockdown, but also because the business was so full on when I was getting off the ground that I kind of let myself um, ignore those measures of success a little bit and that was okay to me I was kind of okay to make that choice in the short term um so yeah for me that looks like you know can I take a month out of my business once a year can I have a business where if I want to take a random day off you know is that possible am I waking up excited to do my work do I feel proud of what I'm doing like those would be those quite qualitative measures of success there and then my measures of success for other people are all around the impact that my work has on clients on students on audience so that's the kind of three categories that I split that into so very big on feedback forms testimonials case studies constantly measuring yeah the response that I get back from people that have interacted with my work and I mean that to me is like my big big measure of success like if there's something in a feedback form or a testimonial that is even like a suggestion of something to change like that to me is absolute gold dust I'm changing that instantly no questions asked like my my students and clients like they shape the business because their experience means so much to me and I know that's the most important thing for me to nurture and to value so yeah I think the impact that I have on other people is the biggest thing I value kind of externally mm-hmm. and then obviously there's ways that I measure you know how well am I doing at reaching certain goals or certain intentions that I've set but those things I think shift depending on the season that I'm in whereas measuring my impact on other people I can't see that ever yeah can't see that ever changing yeah I think that's such a great way to look at it and obviously you know your biggest focus should be on those that you are directly serving, whether it's clients or customers or students, whatever it might be. And I think that's where we can sometimes get so lost in how are we serving or thousands of Instagram followers when Mm. really, I guess there needs to be a balance in terms of it. Of course, you need to do that in order to, you know, bring in future potential clients and customers but also we can't lose sight of those people that we are serving kind of directly right here right now because they are above and beyond you know the most important thing I guess yeah my dad uses the analogy of a coconut where we can sometimes build businesses and cultures where like the exterior is very clear very obvious like the outside of a coconut is like 
hard and solid, right? Like, you know, in the, in the context of this conversation, your branding and your marketing and your Instagram content, that might be spot on. You know, it is made with the ideal client in mind. It really resonates. It's really valuable. But then once people get through that and they then get into the business, you know, they become a student, they become a client, they become a customer, then that experience isn't continued. It's kind of wishy-washy. There's not really a huge amount of structure or clarity or process there. And I think that's what I mean when I talk about kind of building your business inside out, like figure out those central things, make sure that your, you know, your customer service, your client experience, the value that you bring, your skill in whatever you do is as high as it can be. And then think about how your online presence can reflect that. Because if you do it the opposite way around, it's going to be a very quick and short term success, if any, because as soon as people get into the business, their experience with you isn't going to be sustained. And I think the value of a business is down to the experience that you give to the people that pay into it. Mm -hmm. And if supporting and helping other people for free via content is a byproduct of that, that's amazing. Like I love that my business allows me to help not just the people that pay into it, but and maybe this, I don't know if this is a bad thing to say, but like my always, always my number one focus is the people that are buying into the business. Mm-hmm. And I think value those first and the other stuff kind of comes off the back of that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you give the, those people, you know, the best service or experience, they kind of do the job for you in a sense yeah. in that, you know, they then go away, share that they've had this incredible experience and that in turn, you know, you can't beat word of mouth recommendations. So mm-hmm. yeah. I think just not losing sight of that is really important. Mm. And it's easy to, isn't it? Because it's not externally seen. You don't get a 10K balloon to celebrate, you know, how great you helped that client. And, you know, maybe that's something we should do more is celebrate those more internal unseen wins. But yeah, you're so right. Actually, word of mouth. I mean, word of mouth is gold, isn't it? It's the biggest thing that has grown my business and Mm -hmm. yeah you're spot on if you focus on the value you give that comes off the back of it and it's kind of reverse engineering Mm -hmm. in a nice little way so yeah I'm with you absolutely so you're a big advocate for slow growth and you know showing how your business has grown and developed over time and always making sure that new followers are aware of that as well which I think is great Do you have any tips for business owners who are maybe feeling frustrated with their lack of progress and always wishing that they were 10 steps ahead? Yes. I mean, hello, that is just every point in business, isn't it? (laughs) We're impatient. We want it now. But that's sadly just not the nature of business. You very rarely get instant results. I was chatting in another podcast recording this morning about how like business is pretty cyclical and we go through seasons with it. You know, you go through the seasons of planting the seed and preparing the ground and doing the groundwork no one sees that no one claps you for it doesn't look shiny on Instagram doesn't feel always good in the moment but if you don't do that you never get to your seasons of spring and summer where you reap the rewards and the fruit grows and you kind of see the result of that work and I think slow growth to me the way I always put it is that slow growth is sustainable growth and sustainable growth is sustainable results so if you want to build a business that is sustainable and I don't mean here like ecologically ecologically whatever the phrase is like I don't mean sustainable in that sense that's a whole nother conversation I mean sustainable of like it's going to be a business that you can run for however many years as you want to you know it's not going to burn you out it's not going to be a flash in the pan success I think ultimately a lot of sustainable businesses come from sustainable growth because if the path you've taken to get there 
isn't something that you can sustain. Maybe it's burning you out in the process. Maybe it's just pushing your business beyond its limits in too short of a time. It might get you that result, but you're not going to be able to sustain that result because the thing you've done to get there isn't something that you can feasibly continue to do or maybe isn't something that you want to do. Now, I think there's a difference between slow growth and us self-sabotaging and getting in our own way. And I think we've got to, you know, only we know where we're at and whether, okay, yeah, maybe I am maybe being a little bit apathetic. Maybe I need to take some more action or do you know what? No, I've got the strategy. I'm taking the action. I do just need to give it some more time and consistency to let the results come back. Um, That's kind of a whole conversation within itself. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think slow growth from what I've seen is, is the right way to do things. And I mean, it means different to everyone. People might look at my business journey and think that's quick growth. I might look at other people's and think, you know, that's quick or that's slow. I think I just, by slow, I mean, whatever the right pace is for you to build a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I think that's about taking the action and then just being open to what happens when and knowing it sounds a little bit cringe but like what's right for you is right only right for you and your right timeline has nothing else to has nothing to do with anyone else's and I think it's trusting that process a little bit even when you don't see those results quite yet quite yet yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely I think it's above all else as well like learning to enjoy the journey and being content with where you are as well Mm. because like you said you're never going to reach that you know, definition of success or that certain milestone that makes you feel like you've ultimately made it and now you can sit back and relax and put your feet up. Like you're always going to be working towards something. And if you're never happy until you reach that point, then you're going to spend a lot of the time building your business being, you know, unhappy or just always wanting to get to that next thing yeah that's so true if you yeah I mean if you're not enjoying the process and you're thinking I'm just desperate for that that growth and that next thing there's probably something more to it than just that because as we were talking about earlier then you get that thing and the goalpost will move and then you'll think oh we'll wait until we can get the next measure of success and the next shiny thing Um, and I think as well slow growth is is often more joyful growth because you have the time to enjoy it and you can do it alongside other people and you can you know when you have a failure you you get to learn from it and it doesn't feel like a failure it just feels like a challenge that taught you something I think yeah giving yourself permission to grow slow is huge and hard to do when there's a lot of noise out there and we don't often see people's slow growth you know I was talking about with those seasons like we don't often see people's winters We don't see the content that is people asking the big questions, doing the strategy work, laying down the foundations. We often just see it when it's the the shiny stuff in that summer season that's coming as a result of that. I think we've all got to remember everything you see online of other people's businesses. Yes, is amazing, but it's featured a lot of stuff behind the scenes, time, circumstance, action, failure, privilege, whatever it might be that you haven't necessarily seen. Mm -hmm. So I think, you're doing yourself a disservice by assuming that everyone got there overnight and by then expecting yourself to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. So to start wrapping up, how do you think we can all work together to start redefining success in business? Because you're doing a great job of leading the way, I guess. How can we all get involved? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's a collective effort. I think it starts with each of us defining for ourselves what success means and then running our businesses with that 
in mind. You know, the, the beauty of success is it looks different to every single one of us. So I'm not here to go, look, yeah, this should be your measure of success. You know, how I measure the success of my business might not feel relevant for other people. And I think that self-awareness of knowing, hey, why do you do it? And therefore, how are you going to measure your success? Therefore, which metrics are relevant, which metrics aren't relevant? And then running your business with that in mind. You know, the great thing about knowing your measure of success is then you've got this really solid inner compass where anytime you've got to make a decision, you know, someone offers you an opportunity, you're not sure which decision to make. Do you say yes or no? Whatever it might be, you can kind of take it back to that measure of success and go, look, does this get me closer to these things that I want my business to be and these things that I want my business to do. It kind of gives you an inner, you know, like guidance or like business coach inside of you because you can kind of walk yourself through those Mm -hmm. decisions. And then I guess once we've done that work for ourselves, I would encourage people in whatever way feels good for them, like be conscious of how you consume and also be conscious of how you create. So I think as consumers, let's remember everything we see has a whole lot of time, action, privilege, circumstance, failure, everything else behind it. And we've got to always remember when we see the shiny stuff, that it is shiny and that's great and we can celebrate it and we can be grateful for it and excited about it. But there's more to it than that. And let's not assume that everyone else is just getting all this success and we're the only ones that's having to put in the work. And then I think as creators, let's be conscious about how we share that shiny stuff like I'm in you know I don't want to rain on anyone's parade like if you hit 10,000 followers and you think that's super exciting oh my gosh I will love your photo when you post with your balloons and whatever else it might be but let me encourage you to maybe share alongside that in another post or in the caption of it like just give give the kind of other side of the conversation some airtime as well always think you know how would my past self that wanted to reach this milestone what would they benefit from hearing you know the the big one I always come up against is if you're sharing you know revenue stats I'd always encourage people to share your profit stats next to that and to talk you know just to normalize the idea that when someone has a 10k launch like they don't have 10,000 pounds in their bank account and maybe there was 5,000 pounds spent on Facebook ads or whatever else it may be um obviously being transparent looks different for everyone I get that not everyone's comfortable with sharing all of the stats and all the numbers and that's okay But I would encourage people, you know, share in a conscious way. You have influence. If you've got 50 followers, imagine 50 people in a room listening to what you had to say. Like you would be careful about what you would say to them. I think when it's online followers and audience, it doesn't always feel like we've got that influence, but we absolutely do. And I think with that privilege comes responsibility. So although I'll never tell people that they should, I would really encourage you not only for how it's going to help other people, but also how it's going to leave you feeling and what it's going to do for your business. I think it makes a whole lot of sense. So yeah, in very recap of a very long answer, I'm so sorry. Define your own success, be conscious when you're consuming and be conscious when you're creating as well. No, that was amazing. Thanks for all that. Really great (laughs) advice that we could all definitely benefit from putting into action. So finally, The question that I'm asking all of my guests, if location wasn't a factor, which three fellow business owners would you like to be in your co-working club? Oh, okay. (laughs) I've thought long and hard about this and I can't say that my long and hard thinking has helped me to land on a very confident answer, but I think my first one would be, can they be anyone? Do I have to know them? Anyone? No, no. Okay, great. So my first one would be Grace Beverly. 
I don't know if you know of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she, yeah. if people don't know, is she was a fitness influencer and then she founded two incredibly successful now brands. And I just think she's very interesting. She's very inspiring. She's a young business owner. I like her perspectives and thoughts. So she'd be my first one. Um, the second one, I don't know if I'm allowed because she's technically not a business owner, but she's second in command at a business. So I'm going to cheat with that one. Um, which is Cheryl Sandberg. I don't know if you've heard of her. So she's the CEO Mm -hmm. at Facebook. She talks a lot about kind of women leaning in. She's just got some really interesting perspectives. And I think she's very inspiring in a very, very male dominated space. She's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my third, I think just because I want to get all of the interview tips off of her and many other reasons would be Oprah. I don't know if she also counts as a business owner. I think I'm going to be mine with this. Um, (laughs) I mean, her interview with Harry and Meghan, I mean, I'll say nothing else about it aside from the fact that she is an incredible incredible interviewer and I feel like my mm-hmm. podcast could really benefit from some <laughs> Oprah coaching so that would be my four and I would just sit there in silence I would not say a thing I'd be like you all speak I'm just gonna lap it up thank you very much I will do no co-working <laughs> oh my gosh what an amazing group that would be I'd love to see that happen <laughs> I will I'll try my best for you Jess I'll be honest I think uh I think it could be a tough one but we'll wait and see yeah Oprah might be a bit of a stretch but fingers crossed for you (laughs) thank you do people have anyone ever asked the question over to you can I ask you who would oh my gosh that's so stressful Alice (laughs) why would you You do that these questions Jess I want to know yours oh my goodness um let me have a think I'm looking for some inspiration around the room around your room (laughs) I've always been a big Jenna Kutcher fan so I'm gonna throw her in okay nice also, I'm going to put Sophie Cliff in there just because, you know, she's a lovely person. We all need a bit more joy in our lives. So she'd just be, you know, a great little pet. Sophie's lovely. I'm going to go Emma Gannon. Ooh. I've always loved her podcast. Again, a great interviewer. So maybe I could pick up some I tips from her. And yeah, overall, just an amazing businesswoman. And also very nice because I've met her in person once and she was delightful. Well, there we go. Isn't that the best when people fully meet your expectations yes. of what they're going to be like? It just gives you hope in the world. Also, I regret now that's given me inspiration. I didn't put Dolly Alderton in. Uh, I'm slightly obsessed with her. Yes. So we'll share her. We'll have her like between our two co-working tables. Yeah, she would be a great one. She'd bring the lols for sure. <laughs> she would. She'd be a good addition. Well, I apologize for derailing your podcast, but thanks no, for sharing yours. Fun. I think the listeners, you know, they need to know who's Jess having. They do. This is why I usually send people the questions ahead of time, though, because especially for that for that question, yeah. people are usually a bit taken aback. It's a it's quite a question to be asked for, and I feel like it's you know it's the whole you know who would you have at your dinner party, and you're suddenly yes. thinking, okay, this fully reflects me as a person. <laughs> you know, I need to get the right mix of people here. I need to show that I'm fun, but I'm also intellectual, and yeah, gets a lot of pressure. But I enjoyed that. Thank you. <laughs> It's like the episode of Friends, I don't know if you're a Friends fan, where they yeah. come up with the, the list of women that they could essentially mm-hmm. sleep with and Ross like overthinks it to the nth degree and like gets mm-hmm. it laminated. I feel like that's the same thing. Yeah, the pressure is on. And once you've said it on a podcast, I mean, it's just there, it there is. for the world to listen to. So got to make sure that you're proud of it. <laughs> Oh, amazing. So do you want to share where our listeners can find you online? 
Of course. So my main hangout, despite me bashing only using Instagram, <laughs> is Instagram. Um, and I'm at Alice <laughs> underscore Benham. So I do lots of yeah documenting my business over there and hopefully just injecting your feed with a little bit of honesty and expertise um, around business and marketing. And then I've got a podcast called Starting the Conversation, which is, as the name suggests, starting the conversation around the kind of unspoken sides of running a business. So if you like the kind of honest chat and kind of straightforward expertise yeah go and have a listen to that and pop me a message because it means so much to know like the names behind the accounts and the numbers so if you've been interested if you've interested if you've found this conversation in any way interesting or I guess if you've just got any like thoughts or perspectives or yeah I find all these topics so fascinating so I'd love to hear from you I'm sure for like Jessie I must have such a lovely audience because you're nice so I'm always like nice people have nice people so thanks yeah I feel like we could have gone on 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 about this topic for hours to come but Mm -hmm. we've had to you know condense it down into an hour (laughs) but (laughs) we'll see you back for a part two (laughs) yes maybe but yeah thank you so much Alice for joining me today it's been lovely to chat no thanks for having me it's been yeah a total joy really enjoyed it If you enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe so you keep up to date with all future episodes. And if you could possibly leave a review, it would really help us in this early stage of launching the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next Monday.